Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I got it. I got it. I got it. I think we figured it out. Do not go anywhere. I'm telling you, today's show is like a can opener. And what's in the can is going to absolutely blow your mind. I'm not kidding. I'm not overselling this. It's all making sense now. After yesterday's show about Mike Flynn, the abuse of foreign surveillance entities to pursue Mike Flynn and basically wiretap Flynn and others. The show went nuts. I could not figure out for the life of me how they got this call with the ambassador. I think we've got it, and it explains why Obama is sweating right now. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, it's Friday. There we go. Joe's best game show voice. Joe, a remnant from the 1960s radio (laughs) atmosphere, still has to bring us back to the heyday. I'm not wasting any time today. I teased this show on Twitter for the first time in eons. I never do that because it's that important. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by friends at LifeLock. In a recent study, researchers revealed a substantial rise in the number of cyber attacks performed by websites posing as Netflix. You know that? Scammers are focusing more attention on people streaming content during this stay-at-home era. That's a shame. And hackers are shifting their resources away from targeting businesses and towards activities that can reach us directly in our homes. On average, over 2,600 coronavirus-related cyber attacks occur each day. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. And cybercriminals keep finding new and unbelievable ways to steal our identities. Good thing there's LifeLock. I had LifeLock before they were a sponsor. I love LifeLock because my identity was stolen and it was a disaster. I'm not kidding. They were buying real estate programs with my American Express card. That's how I found out. It was a mess. It took me a long time to clean up. That was before I had LifeLock. That's why I got it. LifeLock is a leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own if you're just monitoring your own your credit. Join now. Save up to 25% of your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Bongino. That's lifelock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Get it for your family too. I have it for my daughters, both of my daughters, even my eight-year-old. They'll steal anyone's identity. And my wife, go to lifelock.com slash Bongino. Get 25% off. Do it today. Don't let your identity get stolen. All right, Joe, let's go. Here we go. This is the most excited I've been for a show in a long time. So yeah, even Paula in the background is like, yes, yes, he's excited. Um, this is a joke there, but I'll leave that for another day. Consider right. tomorrow's date night. <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube, you probably get these jokes based on my facial expressions. So let me just backtrack a little bit yesterday's show. Mike Flynn, the national security advisor for Donald Trump, was surveilled. I don't care what you call it, wiretapped. Pre- precision usually matters. In this case, they were listening in on Mike Flynn's phone calls or getting the transcripts of Flynn phone calls. We know that. Ladies and gentlemen, in the United States, there's only a few ways to do that. One of them is to get a criminal wiretap warrant, which you see in the movies. Let's get a wiretap. Very hard to do. Second, FISA authority. You can get a FISA warrant. Third, you can listen in on foreigners who have no constitutional protection, foreign agents in foreign countries. And if an American is caught up, you can request to unmask or look at who that American is and look who the name. That that's what an unmasking is. It's just a conversation of a phone call with a name basically blacked out or says U.S. Citizen 1, where you say, can you unmask that? Can we see who that is? For all practical purposes for this show, those are the three main reasons, uh, w- main ways you can listen on Mike Flynn's phone call. What is driving me mad the whole night last night, because I'm finishing this chapter of my book on Mike Flynn, my next book, is how the hell did they get the transcript or listen in on Mike Flynn's December 29, 2016 phone call with the Russian ambassador that became the subject of Mike Flynn's criminal case? General Flynn is being charged when he was interviewed about that phone call on December 29, 2016. That's when it happened. He's interviewed January 24th of 2017, about a month later. General Flynn was charged with lying to the FBI about what he said on that phone call, specifically about sanctions. Oh, that'll come up later too. Don't go anywhere. How did they get the transcript of the call? Was it a criminal warrant? No way. No way. Was it a FISA warrant on Mike Flynn? If there was, why isn't it in the IG report? And you may say, okay, well, Dan, if it's not one of those two things, it's the third way. 
they clearly unmasked his name when he was on the phone with this foreign entity, Sergei, Sergei Kislyak from Russia, who they can surveil legally. Really? Then why are there no unmasking requests? I showed you during yesterday's show. Please listen to it before, because it'll, 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 I, I covered it for an hour. I'm covering this in four minutes here to get you up to, play, up to speed where we are now. If his name was unmasked, and they were listening to the call because they were listening to the Russian ambassador and Flynn happened to be on that call with him. Why are there no unmasking requests on December 29th when the call happened? Why? Why are there no unmasking requests up until January 4th? You may say, well, Dan, they just unmasked it on January 4th. Hence the meeting the next day, January 5th, is a meeting in the Obama White House in the last days of the Obama White House in the Oval Office. It was January 5th the next day. Maybe they just unmasked it on January 4th. No, 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 no. The FBI has already said they had this call earlier. So if the FBI had the call, the transcript of the call, they see exactly what was said. And the FBI's already said they had the call before January 4th. And there are precisely zero unmasking requests on Flynn's name from December 28th, the day before the call, up until January 4th. Then how did they get the Flynn call transcript? <laughs> Were you caught up to speed? Before we go further, Ms. Paula, are we caught up to speed? You get it. Producer Joe, are you picking this up now? Copy. How'd they get the call? It wasn't unmasking. Likely wasn't a FISA warrant. And it most certainly wasn't a criminal warrant. Mm, I'm so excited to bring this. Let's go to the Epic Times piece, which is a great newspaper and online outlet. Here's the FBI. So you read this piece. Read it, please. Peter Svob, in the show notes today, go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. I will email you these articles. That is the show notes. I'll email you them every day. Read this piece. It's worth your time. Epic Times, Flynn's name never masked in call transcripts briefed to Obama. Records indicate, I thought we told they got, uh, how is this possible? Flynn's name was never masked. We were told that they got the Flynn phone call. They read the transcript because Flynn's name was unmasked that third way of getting a copy of the call, but his name was never masked. Hmm. So how did they get it from unmasking if it was never masked? I'm just asking simple questions. This Epic Times piece is super short, but super good because this guy, Peter Schwab, has always been all over this and there are two gems hidden in that thing. Let's go to gem number one. Remember, remember the question. Don't forget this question. Don't let the details get in the way of this question. Who the hell ordered Mike Flynn's transcript for his call with the Russians? If it ain't a FISA warrant, it ain't a criminal warrant, and it most certainly wasn't an unmasking, how did we get it? Let's go to takeaway number one from the Epic Times piece. Oh, this is a beauty. Quote, Jim Comey said the calls were turned up at the end of December, beginning of January. Wait, keep this up a second. Keep this up a second. Do not take this off the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, read that first sentence again. Jim Comey, director of the FBI, said that the calls were, quote, turned up at the end of December, beginning of January. Ladies and gentlemen, come, you know what? Come back to me for a minute. How? I, I know I'm confusing, poor Paul. He's got to take him down, put him. How? How? How did they, Joe, how did they turn up? How would he turn up? What, what is this, a scavenger hunt? Yeah. What are we searching for Easter eggs around Easter that the Easter bunny left behind? What do you mean they turned up? A call? With the incoming national security advisor and a Russian diplomat, Kislyak, just magically turned up at the FBI. How? There's no FISA warrant. There's no criminal warrant. There's no unmasking request until January 4th. But if you can go back to that a moment, that doesn't say the call turned up on January 4th. This is Comey's own words. It says it turned up at the end of December, beginning of January. How? It goes on to say... Then Director of National Intelligence Jim Clapper requested copies from Comey and briefed Obama, his Vice President Joe Biden. Ooh, that's going to hurt. And Obama's senior staff about the calls. Comey said, how did they get the call? It was unmasking. That's strange because there are no unmasking requests. From December 28th, the day before the call, you can't unmask a call that hasn't happened. 
There's none on Flynn's name up until January 4th. But Comey says we already have the call in late December. How? Oh, this, this gets good. This, yes, this gets good. This hit me last night like a freaking bolt of lightning. I'm reading this piece, the Epic Times. I've been, I, I, can't, I can't rest anymore. It drives Paula nuts. I'm never off the phone reading stuff because I'm obsessed with this, how they got the damn Flynn phone call. Let's go to takeaway number two from the Epic Times piece. This is it. This is a nuclear bomb. I mean, this is a hydrogen bomb. So here we go. Quote, Epic Times. As Deputy Director Andy McCabe described the origins of these transcripts we're talking about, McCabe said this. Quote, they came up. We found them through an effort without getting into too long of an explanation. Convenient how he wants to leave the explanation out, by the way, how they just turned up. And he says, and in an effort to respond to a tasking from redacted. And so the results of what we found were communicated to the agency who I think had the pen on that response. Oh, 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 oh here it is. What? What? So you got the call and you found the call based on a task you received from some redacted person nobody wants us to see? Who could that be? Who could that be? Paul, we have like a napkin here. Yeah, have a, have a, yeah we, oh, I do have a napkin. That's just unbelievable. Here, here's Obama right <laughs> Obama, he needs the mattifier. I unbelievable. I had a napkin in there. It's because I sweat sometimes at Fox. It's so damn hot in this studio. Who who tasked the FBI with finding that call? Well, we should be asking a question because we do homework here, unlike the hack grotesque Pravda media that's not interested in this at all. It was an unmasking. It was. Why are there no unmasking requests? Who has the power to order the FBI? to go get that call. Well, again, doing homework, the media won't do. Let's go right to the FISA, the actual FISA law, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978, which dictates how we conduct surveillance on foreigners. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, for those in the media who don't understand acronyms. Let's just read the text itself. Who could actually order that kind of thing? Oh, baby, here it goes. Here is an exception to the court order requirement. In other words, because there's no criminal warrant, there's probably no FISA warrant. You mean someone can order surveillance without a court order? Apparently, who is it? Thanks to Paula for highlighting it. The president of the United States may authorize electronic surveillance to acquire foreign intelligence information for periods of up to one year without a FISA court warrant. Oh, and this is great. And who has to certify it? You read that right. The darn Attorney General Loretta Lynch, where the Attorney General certifies that there is no substantial likelihood that the surveillance, listen to this, that the surveillance will acquire the contents of any communication to which a U.S. person is a party, provided this surveillance is directed solely at communications among or between foreign powers. Hmm. Fascinating. Was this an order by the attorney general? Is that who, on, on the orders of Barack Obama himself? And he was just, Mike Flynn just caught up in, quote, incidental collection on a foreign power? What, what other explanation is there? He was not unmasked. The FBI has already said on the record, we had the call in December. The call happened December 29th. There are no unmasking requests. We don't know about any FISA warrants yet on Flynn, and the IG report doesn't indicate there was one. We know there was an active investigation into Flynn. And the, the chances of there being a criminal warrant on Flynn are almost zero. Although I'll be honest, these days I don't eliminate anything anymore. Did Barack Obama order this? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is just great. Now, I want to put some more pieces uh, of this puzzle together for you here because it's important. 
You may say, well, that says Barack Obama is not allowed to do it if they think it's going to encompass in that surveillance dragnet a U.S. citizen. It has to be specifically directed at foreign power. So think this through. This part gets a little hairy. I explained it to Paula this morning and she got it. And I'm really hoping you get it too, because this is the most explosive revelation so far. If this is true, and that redacted name is Loretta Lynch on the authority of Barack Obama, holy crikeys, we have like not mm. just the biggest scandal in my, you have the biggest scandal in political history ever. Abuse of surveillance powers directly ordered by the president of the United States at the incoming administration to fabricate a fake narrative used to set up the president of the United States in an obstruction of justice trap. Oh, man. Not good. Wouldn't that be a straight up doozy? Ooh. Now, fair enough. You're probably saying to yourself right now, again, if, he, if they're ordering surveillance on a foreigner, Kislyak, that's Ambassador Kislyak, mm. who that's who Flynn was talking to on December 29th. Well, how exactly would they know it was Mike Flynn? Remember, so let's walk through how this would work. You're ordering surveillance on Kislyak, signals intelligence, SIGIN. You're listening to his phone calls. So you're getting the transcripts of all of Kislyak's phone call. Who knows? He could be calling Domino's for a pizza. We don't know. He's doing it. And all you're getting is U.S. Citizen 1, U.S. Citizen 1. Hello, Domino's, U.S. Citizen 1. They don't know who he's talking to. Kislyak, I would guess, probably makes 50 to 100 phone calls a day, maybe more in his cell phone. Kislyak's not dumb. He knows his phone's being monitored. He's Russian. They're not friends of the United States. So sifting through all those phone calls, you have to ask yourself, well, how would they know specifically if they weren't, say they weren't targeting Mike Flynn and they were legitimately targeting, Kis targeting Kislyak, how would they know that Kislyak was talking to Mike Flynn if it just says U.S. Citizen 1? You may say, well, they unmasked it. There are no unmasking requests when that call happened. None. Stop saying that. How did they know we were talking to Flynn? Have you been a right? If you're, listen, this is for the serious, like, zero, zero, one percenters of Dan Bongino show listeners. Forgive me for talking about myself in the third person, but it is an eponymously named show. Some of you are picking this up right now. You're a rare breed. You've been with me from the beginning. How did they know it was Flynn? If his name wasn't unmasked. Where was Flynn when the call happened? Oh, in his house? No. He was in the Dominican Republic. How many people you think Sergei Kislyak called in the Dominican Republic that day? Let me, let me draw it out for the liberals. Okay. How many people? Hold on. Do I get a Sharpie? Do we have a Sharpie here? I think I threw it at Paula last time. Not in, uh, just as a joke. Here, I'll have to do it with a pen. Here. Can you see that? One. Yeah. One, one person. They waited for Flynn to leave the country. Very limited access to secure comms. Flynn has already admitted his BlackBerry wasn't working very well. Whether it said U.S. citizen one or not was totally irrelevant. It didn't need to be masked. One, if Barack Obama ordered it, it wouldn't be masked anyway. Hence that title of the Epic Times piece, his name wasn't unmasked. Maybe they were just listening in the call because Obama ordered it, ordered the surveillance of Kislyak, and they knew damn well Kislyak was going to call Flynn. So they waited for Flynn to leave and go to the Dominican Republic so they wouldn't have to put in a masking request, so they wouldn't leave a paper trail that they were surveilling, in fact, Mike Flynn when they said they were surveilling Kislyak. Now, I, I, I just, can you chew on that for a moment? Now, how do, here's the problem. Mm. If you're surveilling Kislyak on orders of Barack Obama himself to his attorney general, is that that redacted name? Oh, we need to know that immediately. Immediately. Please, DNI Grinnell, get on that one quick. We would love to know who that redacted. Andy McCabe said it. We picked up the call on, on, on orders of, a we were tasked by redacted. Should call Obama uh, Barack redacted. 
But if he's going to call the Dominican Republic, how do you guarantee? They know Flynn's in the Dominican Republic. It's not a secret. It's not a vacation. It's not a clandestine mission. He took a vacation after the election, December 29, 2016. It's a month and a couple weeks after Trump's historic win. But they're not in office yet. Flynn takes a break from heavy campaigning and all that other stuff and decides to take a breather. Go have a few adult sodas in the Dominican, right? If you want to make sure you can trap Flynn in the surveillance net and you're only monitoring Kislyak under orders of Obama, you have to make sure, Joe, that Kislyak actually calls Flynn. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What are you going to do? Call up Kislyak and go, hey, this is Barack redacted. Can you please call General Mike Flynn so we can listen in on your calls? We're listening to Flynn, but we're pretending we're listening to you. Obviously, you can't. You have to do something Mm -hmm. to get Kislyak to call Flynn so you can pretend you're listening on Kislyak when you're really listening in on Flynn. So what do they do? Flynn leaves the country, goes to the Dominican Republic, and Barack Obama issues a statement expelling a bunch of Russian diplomats from Maryland and New York facilities. Remember that, Joe? Joe's in Maryland. They kicked the Russians out of their own facility Mm -hmm. in Maryland. It was a big story. When did that happen? It happened when Flynn was in the Dominican Republic, absolutely guaranteeing that Kislyak probably surveilled under orders of one Barack redacted was going to call Mike Flynn. They could say, oh my gosh, we got Flynn on this call. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. We weren't surveilling Flynn. We just got this call. This is just crazy how that happened. How many people you think Kislyak was calling in the Dominican Republic? One, Mike Flynn. But they had to make sure he called, kick out the Russian diplomats. Of course, Kislyak. The ambassador from Russia is going to call the incoming national security advisor and say, what do we do here? What, what are you nuts? Of course he's going to call him. He's the incoming national security advisor. They're probably trying to avoid like a nuclear war. You know, little things like that. <laughs> so obvious. I've been telling you this theory about Obama kicking out the Russian diplomats. While Flynn is gone for what, two and a half years, three years now? Kicking them out, knowing Kislyak would call Flynn so they could listen on the call and set Flynn up for a false statements charge later. This was a trap. And this is precisely why Obama is sweating bullets right now. Because who the hell is under that name? Who tasked the FBI with getting the call as it happened in December? despite the fact that there are no unmasking requests. This unmasking thing is a hoax. Yes, Flynn's name was unmasked. That's not a hoax. They've been targeting Flynn. Everything I said yesterday is true. The foreign intelligence black op, by the way, I have an excellent source on that, is 100%. Their foreign governments were spying on Flynn. I don't think they were doing it after the election, as I said yesterday, because they got scared. The Flynn calls after the election. It's not a Pfizer warrant. It's not a criminal warrant. And there are no unmaskings. How the hell did they get it? Probably on orders of one B-H-O, Barack H. Obama. Again, let's do the Obama again. Here it is. Okay. Chew on that one for a minute because it's probably, really, this hit me last night in a eureka moment. I I have been stewing over this for two and a half years. I knew Obama set him up. I knew they kicked him out so they'd get the guy, Kislyak, to call. And I just, for the life of me, could not figure out how they got a hold of the damn transcript. And now it makes perfect sense because Obama ordered it on Kislyak. That's why. All right, I want to get to more on Flynn in a second. We're going to pay for the show today. I always appreciate your patience. We have great sponsors. I'm wearing their shirt today. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the market for a firearm, Bravo Company Manufacturing is the only place to go right now. Why? Because there's they're different. You know, as I say often while doing their, their ads, because I, I mean it, they're not a sporting arms company. And typically in these advertisements that these the companies pay for, they always tell you, you know, don't say what a company isn't, but it's important here. 
uh, Bravo Company Manufacturing produces life-saving equipment that they engineer and manufacture in Heartland, Wisconsin. Every component of their rifles, Bravo Company Manufacturing rifles, are hand-assembled and tested by Americans here. They don't make sporting arms. Sporting arms are great. Hunting is terrific. Some people are into shooting sports and things like that, and those are really wonderful. But that's not what Bravo produces. They assume that their rifles and firearms will be used in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen, a law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. Quality is the only thing that matters to them. If you are in the market for a rifle or a firearm and you're not checking out BCM, you're doing yourself a disservice. Making reliable, life-saving tools is all they do. That is what they do. They work with people from special forces and elsewhere. They actually have a YouTube channel that's terrific too. You can learn more about them by going to youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. But if you want to learn more about their special deals and their tier one rifles and firearms, they're the best in the business. I had a firearm dealer locally when I picked up mine say, you don't understand. Like these are really, really high quality pieces of equipment here. To learn more about Bravo Company manufacturing rifles and firearms, head on over to Bravo Company MFG, like MaryFrankGeorge.com. BravoCompanyMFG.com and discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. Again, that's BravoCompanyMFG.com and check out their YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash BravoCompanyUSA. All right. So, moving on from that, because this gets even worse, shockingly enough. So now we know stage one was the setup. Stage one and the A block of the show was what, Joe? The A block of the show was mm -hmm. how the hell they get the transcript and who ordered. Right. It seems pretty crystal clear right now mm -hmm. that all trails lead back to Barack Obama, and that's why he's freaking out. But question two is once they got the transcript, they had to, the transcript of the call to Kislyak, they had to set him up. Why do they have to set him up? Well, the FBI... I believe on orders of the White House, the Barack Obama White House, being tasked with targeting Mike Flynn. We know that because they talk about it in the White House on January 5th of 2017 in a White House meeting. Obama actually keeps Sally Yates and Jim Comey behind because they'll be continuing on into the Trump administration and talks about Flynn. Barack Obama is at the center of this whole thing, the most corrupt president in U.S. history. But why would they need that call to set him up? Think about it. If they, they, they opened up a case, the FBI and Mike Flynn, August 16th of 2016. We know that. We know that from the Mueller report. We know that from the IG report. So if you've already been looking into Mike Flynn, August, December, for months now, almost half a year, why would you need this call to set him up? Well, the answer is obvious. Just read the FBI's January 4th memo where they're trying to close the case against Flynn, January 4th. 2017, where they say, we found no derogatory information, no further investigative techniques are warranted. They had nothing. Do you get it? The transcript was going to give them what they needed, mm -hmm. a way to trap him in a false statements trap, a perjury trap, right? to get him to lie to the FBI. It's all they had, ladies and gentlemen. Make no mistake. They had nothing on Flint. All of this nonsense by ill-informed, ignorant cable news talking heads. Well, they had his son on lobbying violence. They had none of that. None of that. They never even contacted the Turkish government about Flynn because Flynn wasn't working for the Turkish government. That's a myth. That's a lie. They had Flynn on contacts with Russians. They investigated that and found, quote, no derogatory information. You're just making that up. They had a donut. Zero on Mike Flynn. The transcript is the trap. But in order to trap him, they have a transcript of the call, a line-by-line line of what Flynn said to Kislyak after they set him up. They have to get Flynn to lie about it when they interview him at the White House on January 24th of 2017 when he is the National Security Advisor. But what's the catch? The catch is Flynn doesn't lie during the interview. Right. How do we know that? Because the FBI is already on record saying they found no signs of deception in their interview. So they had to set him up again. First, Obama's team sets him up with the phone call, getting Kislyak to call him, and they get the transcript. Then when they interview him, Flynn's a trained intelligence officer. He's not stupid, and he doesn't lie. They have to make the story up. Big, huge hat tip to at Climate Audit on Twitter, Stephen McIntyre, who's another 
terrific up there with Undercover Hubert, Techno, Rosie Memos. There's so many good Twitter accounts. Fool Nelson. These I don't even know these people. All I know is if you're ever looking for snippets and stuff, they're all great accounts. Hat tip Kleimanor for pointing out this gem about how they set up Flynn again. They set him up with the call. They get the call. They try to get him to lie about the call. He doesn't lie about the call. So then they double down and do this. Let's get to it here. So remember what we're asking. The FBI has stated in their statement of offense, which I'll show you in a second, they're basically their charges against Flynn, that Flynn in the interview in the White House lied about the call. The FBI said that Flynn talked with the Russian ambassador Kislyak about sanctions when he was in the Dominican Republic. And when the FBI says, when we asked him about it, he lied about talking about sanctions. Follow this right because if you don't get this, none of this will make sense. Here's the question. How could Flynn lie about talking about sanctions if he was never actually asked about sanctions by the FBI? Oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No way. He was set up again? By the way, my next book breaks this down. Flynn set up one, Flynn set up two, and Flynn set up three. Here you go, Flynn set up three. The FBI is claiming and swore under oath that Mike Flynn lied to them in their interview at the White House on January 24th about sanctions. Ladies and gentlemen, he was never asked about sanctions. Let's produce the evidence, unlike the media. Here's the FBI's own statement of offense. Again, big hat tip Stephen McIntyre. His highlights there. On or about December 28, 2016, then-President Barack Obama signed Executive Order 13757 which was to take effect the following day. The executive order announced sanctions against Russia in response to the government actions intended to interfere with the 2016 presidential elections. In other words, what they're saying here, and they highlight U.S. sanctions again, in the FBI's charging document where they claim Mike Flynn lied about sanctions, they lay out in their own statement of offense I just showed you on the YouTube with the highlights, they lay out that they are specifically referring to Barack Obama's, Barack Obama's executive order 13757. I'm sweating like Barack Obama now. <laughs> That's So they're saying, Joe, Flynn lied about Barack Obama's executive order. They lay it out mm -hmm. right there. That's what they're referring to when they say Flynn lied about, thank you, U.S. sanctions. It's right there in their statement of offense. Mm -hmm. Executive order 13757. But Obama made a separate statement. A separate statement outside of this. It's related, but a separate statement outside of this specific executive order about, remember what we talked about before? Expelling, when Obama expelled the Russian diplomats from Maryland and New York? He made a separate statement on that. Here's the statement from the White House's own archive of statements. I have issued an executive order that provides additional authority for responding to certain cyber activities, blah, 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 blah. He says, I've sanctioned nine entities and individuals, the GRU. And then he goes on to talk about PNG and people. What does PNG mean? If you're a diplomat or you've been overseas, you know what it means. It means persona non grata. It means a foreign country has basically kicked you out and said, don't come back. You never want to be PNG. In his statement, he says, the State Department's shutting down two Russian compounds, and this is Obama, in Maryland and New York, used by Russian personnel for intelligence-related purposes, and is declaring persona non grata 35 Russian intelligence operatives. This is a separate statement. Follow me here. FBI says Flynn lied to us about sanctions. And by sanctions, we're talking about Barack Obama's executive order. But a separate statement, separate from that, involved the sanctions on these Russians or the expulsion of the Russians. This is going to be important in a second. How can you lie about sanctions if you were never asked about sanctions? Here is, this is the, this is what's hard to believe. This is the edited 302. Remember, the FBI goes through multiple drafts. They write up Flynn's interview on an FBI 302 form. They write up their notes from it. The form is edited repeatedly. We still don't have the original. They're hiding at the FBI because I believe in the original 302 summary of the Flynn interview, they indicate clearly Flynn wasn't lying. We can't find that because Christopher Ray won't let us have it because he's the second worst director of the FBI in FBI history. Hard to believe this is the edited 302 after multiple 
drafts, if you know what I mean. When Lisa Page, the FBI lawyer, you've seen the text. I've shown them to you on this show. She's mad at Peter Stroke, her boyfriend, who actually interviewed Flynn with Pianca at the White House. She's mad because he didn't write it up bad enough. So she edits it for him. This is the this is supposed to be the good copy for the FBI. Here are actual copies of the 302. And I want to ask you here, if Flynn lied about sanctions, was he ever asked about sanctions? Because Joe, again, hat tip Stephen McIntyre here, I can't see sanctions in here anywhere. This is the FBI's own 302 about the Flynn interview. There it is on the screen, folks. The interviewing agents asked Flynn if he recalled any conversation with Kislyak surrounding the expulsion of Russian diplomats. Wait, wait, I I thought he lied about sanctions. The expulsion's a different thing of the Russian diplomat. I thought you said he lied about sanctions. Okay, let's go to photo number two of the 302, because clearly in photo number two of the 302, they definitely mentioned sanctions because Joe, as we know, Flynn Hmm. lied about sanctions. That's what the liberal talking heads keep telling us on cable news. But I don't see sanctions anyway. Hmm. Let's go to photo number two here. There There it is again. Highlight it again, talking about PNG actions and expulsions. I still don't see sanctions. I, I still don't see it. I I, I I thought they said it was about sanctions. I thought Flynn lied about saying, but I, I I don't I don't I don't see it. I, I don't see. No. It. I, I, I see PNG. Yeah. Joe, do you see it? I see PNG. I'm I reading. I don't see through. sanctions. Yeah, yeah. And I see. Okay, they, I don't I don't see it. It was weird. No. I thought he lied about sanctions. Mm-mm. Okay, good. That's two sets of eyeballs there. Definitely in the third screenshot, we'll definitely see a detailed conversation about sanctions, right? It has to be because the FBI said Flynn lied. There it is again, expulsions. Again, a separate matter other than the sanctions. But I, I, I don't, again, I can't seem to find this detailed conversation with Flynn and the sanctions. He li- why, why, why isn't it, why isn't it there? Hmm. Huh. Mm-mm. So you charged him in your statement of offense with lying about U.S. sanctions, I just showed it to you. It's the FBI's own words and the Department of Justice, Van Grack, this atrocious prosecutor who prosecuted Flynn on behalf of the uh, corrupt Mueller. I just showed you their statement of offense. Flynn lied about U.S. sanctions, but in the FBI's own 302, which ironically was edited to death, it doesn't talk about sanctions. It talks about the expulsions, a separate matter of the Russian diplomats. <laughs> this can't be. This can't be. Flynn lied about sanctions you never asked him about? Oh, my God. This guy is a political prisoner in the United States. This is an embarrassment. This is this isn't an no an embarrassment is being nice. Let me take that back. This is a cosmic level disgrace. We are living in seriously a banana republic right now. That's not an indictment on the good, fine, quality American citizens who I adore and I love my country and everyone who's fought for it. God bless America and everyone who defends her. But my gosh, our government is a banana republic of losers. This is a disgrace. This is Cuba-like stuff. First, you set them up. Clearly at this point on orders of Obama, there's no other explanation. When he gets on the phone and says nothing illegal, you send FBI agents to interview him. He tells you the truth. And then you lie and make up a story. He talked about sanctions when he didn't talk. You were never asked him about sanctions. You asked him about the expulsions. Yet you charged him with lying about sanctions. You never asked. Now, you may say to yourself, well, the court's. You know, just confused. Maybe they thought the sanctions on Russians and the expulsions of the Russian diplomats were the same thing. So when the FBI questioned them about expulsions, they clearly meant sanctions. Um, No, no, no. Um, Nobody thought that. Matter of fact, no one in the media thought that either. Even with the liberal hack New York Times, which was pretty crystal clear about the distinction. New York Times. Here they are. Obama strikes back at Russia for election hacking. This is in December of 2016. Listen to this in case you're again, you're, you're trying to fall into this trap. Well, the, the uh, expulsions and the sanctions, it was the same thing. Flynn lied either way, even though he wasn't asked about sanctions. Now, the New York Times doesn't think so. Quote, New York Times. 
The Obama administration struck back at Russia on Thursday for its efforts to influence the 2016 election, ejecting 35 Russian intelligence operatives from the United States and, and, and for the liberals and imposing sanctions on Russia's two leading intelligence services. I would moon the camera right now if I knew liberal media people were watching just to show you what I think of you right now. Grease style. Blue moon. Remember that? I ser- yeah. I am so disgusted by you morons. You're not catching any of this. You charged him with lying about sanctions. You didn't even ask him about it. No, he thought they were talking about expulsions. The New York Times didn't. Obama didn't. He issued a separate statement. You're just making this up. All right, Dan, that's one example. New York Times are just morons. They just couldn't figure it out. Really? Because the Washington Post seemed to understand the difference too. Let's go to this little gem. They seemed to get it straight that these were two completely separate things. Flynn, I'm sorry, Daily Caller. That, that was it. Go to the Washington Post. Don't delete because we got to get this up. Do you have the Washington Post one? This is important. Washington Post. Good job. In a recent interview with the Daily Caller, Flynn said he didn't discuss sanctions but did discuss the Russian administration's expulsion of 35 Russian diplomats. <laughs> right? Wait, wait, keep that. Don't, don't take that down yet. This is the Washington Post. So not only does the Post understand the difference between the sanctions and the expulsions, not only does the Times, not only do the interviewing agents, but apparently Flynn did too. Quote, let me read this again. This is in the Washington Post. In an interview with the Daily Caller, Flynn said he didn't discuss sanctions because he was never asked, but did discuss the Obama administration's expulsion of the diplomats. That's not what he was charged with. He was charged with lying about sanctions he was never asked about. Where, my Lord, I am not using your name in vain. Can you please inspire these media people to wake up and tell America the truth? Please. I, I know I, I, I've given us free will. I'm asking for a favor. America needs to know the truth. This man is a political prisoner. He was targeted by a sitting president of the United States and was grotesquely framed multiple times. And when he did nothing wrong, they completely fabricated a statement of offense to put him in jail. He lied to us about sanctions. You never asked him about sanctions. Look at this Daily Caller piece on this, too, because this gets even more interesting. In case you think anybody was confused about the difference. Daily Caller. This is an interview they conducted with Flynn. Flynn insisted that he crossed no lines in his telephone conversation with Russian Ambassador Kislyak. If I did, believe me, the FBI would be down my throat. My clearance would be pulled. There were no lines crossed, Flynn said. Flynn said there was a brief discussion of the 35 Russian diplomats who were being expelled by Obama in retaliation for Moscow's alleged interference in the 2016 election. Here is the money quote right here. Remember, The FBI is charging him and hack disgrace to humankind, Bob Mueller, with lying about sanctions. But Flynn said, quote, it wasn't about sanctions. This is in his interview, Flynn, with the Daily Caller. It was about the 35 guys who were thrown out. He says, we're going to review sanctions. He says he never said anything such as we're going to review sanctions or anything like that. Freaking disgrace. Total disgrace. Total disgrace, abomination to humankind. This guy is a political prisoner, folks. I have zero doubt. All right, let me get to my final sponsor and let me see what else do we got coming up. Oh, well, I've got this. I got a video montage from the Media Research Center you're not going to want to miss because we're never going to get an apology from any of these buffoons, but we need to point it out. All right, today's show finally brought to you by our new, uh, one of our favorite sponsors because Paula is a contact lens wearer and uh, Paula does not like having to jump through hoops to get anything done. She likes things to be simple because she works really hard all day. She's a mom. She's now become a de facto school teacher and runs our business. Getting contact lenses should be easy. You don't need it to be hard. You definitely don't need it to be impossible. Make it simple. 
Go to 1-800-CONTACTS. 1-800-CONTACTS has your brand in stock ready to ship right now. 1-800-CONTACTS has been shipping contact lenses directly to people's homes for 25 years. You don't have to leave the house. They're experts in the contact lens industry and have 45 million, million contacts in stock. They ship orders daily. Paula was a web designer before she took over Bongino Inc. here. She, she can vouch for you. The website can't be any easier to use. The process can't get any simpler. You can order the same contacts you'd get from your doctor. Just look at the side of your contacts box for your prescription details. It's that simple. You can order online. That's how Paula does it. Over the phone or with their app, and they ship them to you fast and free to your home. You can even renew your prescription online using their express exam. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you ever need help or if you have any questions. Their best price guarantee means if you find your contacts cheaper somewhere else, they will beat it. They have 45 million contacts in in stock. Stop wasting your time and money anywhere else. You're sure to find your brand. They've been doing this for 25 years. They are experts in vision care. So let 1-800-CONTACTS get you the contact lenses you need today. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. That's 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Check them out. Super easy to use. Very friendly customer service. All right. Thank you, 1-800-CONTACTS. So I wanted to get to this too, because it's important. We have a lot going on. The Media Research Center, the Newsbusters there, that crew, they do really terrific work on calling out media hypocrisy, which is everywhere. And I was not kidding before. I pray sometimes that the people on the left will find, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm talking about media people because they are on the left. They're leftist ideologues, 99% of them. I pray that they'll see the light and be able to say, listen, whatever, I'm a Democrat. I'll do my thing. I'll vote Democrat. Fine, I'm not telling you who to vote for. But this was clearly wrong. What happened to Mike Flynn and President Trump with the collusion hoax and the targeting of Mike Flynn, which is now Obamagate. I think we laid that case out pretty conclusively. I'm waiting for them to just come out and say you were wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, they won't do it. This is a montage. It's worth your time. It's a little over a minute, but it's worth your time from the Media Research Center of how just this is a, it goes over how they've just pumped and promoted this collusion hoax from day one. And how even today, it ends with Chris Saliza at the end, who's been wrong on everything at CNN, wondering how all these people could have been so wrong. Think about it. He says, if they all told us collusion was real, then it must be real or else it would have to be some kind of conspiracy theory. It's not a theory, but it was a conspiracy. Check this out. What a great case officer uh, Vladimir Putin is. He knows how to handle uh, an asset, and that's what he's doing with the president. The Russians offered help. The campaign accepted help. The Russians gave help, and the president made full use of that help. And that is pretty damning. The top Democrat on the Intelligence Committee is warning today that there is already evidence that the Trump campaign colluded. Adam Schiff, the top Democrat, saying there is significant evidence of collusion. Adam Schiff saying there is, quote, significant evidence of collusion. According to Congressman Adam Schiff, who attended the hearing today, President Trump and Trump Jr. had a conversation. This is something that Adam Schiff, the ranking member of the House Intelligence Committee, brought up today. We heard from Adam Schiff. According to Schiff, well, here's Uh, Adam Schiff. As soon as Adam Schiff and company walk out of that closed door hearing, let us know. The former DNI director, James Clapper, and John Brennan, they all talked about seeing communications, meetings that was concerning them. And this now backs up some of what they've been saying all along. James Clapper, uh, who knows uh, more about all of this than, than, than almost anyone out there. General Clapper and Director Brennan on the show just a few minutes ago uh, saying that they think that President Trump is being played by Putin. Reasonable to ask if he could be working on behalf of Russian interests and not the U.S.'s? Well, it's a reasonable question. Former acting FBI director Andrew McCabe listened to what he said when asked whether he thinks President Trump could be a Russian asset. It's possible. I think that's why we started our investigation. Andrew McCabe, I asked him that question. He said, I think it's possible. It's possible? That is a remarkable statement for a top intelligence official to make. The FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, I mean, they've all said this. So to believe that that's wrong, you have to believe they're all involved in an elaborate conspiracy to get Donald Trump, which seems a little far-fetched to me. Bingo! Chris Saliza, unintentional. He's always, this guy is one of the biggest knuckleheads in media, I'm sorry. You just have to read his writing. He's the guy who wrote, President Trump's chances of winning the election in the Washington Post, he wrote, are approaching zero. That's uh, this guy's, uh, whatever he predicts, if you're betting, bet the opposite and you'll probably make yourself a fortune. But Saliza is unintentionally right for the first time. This has to be a, 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 a conspiracy 
That has to be by Donald Trump and his team because Clapper, Brennan, and all these people, Adam Schiff, told us it was. There's no way they lied to us. Oh, it's a conspiracy, right? Amongst the idiots you just cited. Hey, one quick thing. I just got an email actually during the show. I really do this on the air. But someone emailed me in uh, about yesterday's show and they said, Dan, on the unmasking list of Flynn, there's a lot of names of U.S. ambassadors. What the heck would they be on that list for? In my experience dealing with intel people overseas on foreign advances, the ambassador is not really the person requesting the unmasking, if you get what I mean. There are probably other people who shall not be named in that country who need it, and it's under the cover of the ambassador. So don't fall for the, why did this ambassador to this country? He may have been, in, or she may have been involved in it, but it's typically someone in the intel community or someone else under their name. So just, uh, I rarely answer questions like that on the show, but it's important. Because if you look at the unmasking list, who requested the name of Flynn to be unmasked so they could see it, you'll see a lot of ambassadors on it. That's probably for others. The ambassador is probably a bit player in that. Okay. Um, I've got a couple more things to get through. It's important. It's a Friday loaded show. So uh, one quick thing I wanted to bring up, hat tip uh, 279er, who's been great from the start. There's one thing he brought up to me recently, talking about how this Mueller probe was so corrupt. They were the ones, remember, who prosecuted Mike Flynn for lying about sanctions when nobody asked him about sanctions, which, which says to me, Mueller is totally corrupt. So what other, he supervises. Either he's totally corrupt or totally inept. I have no, what's the other explanation? Either he did it on purpose or was too stupid to figure it out that his team was prosecuting a guy for a crime he didn't commit. He signed his name to this stuff, Bob Mueller. But another reason I believe Mueller, I used to kind of give this guy a bit of a pass on some things. That was a mistake. His team was clearly outright corrupt right now in their intentions. No doubt about it. Whether there'll be legal liability later for this, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer and I, I can't, there's a stat, it's hard to pin down a statute. Corrupt in their intentions, there's no question. You prosecuted Flynn for lying about something he didn't do. Did you swear to that? There's another thing here. I want to go to this Washington Times piece because there's a glaring mistake in the Mueller report. Glaring, that a lot of people have tried to figure out for a long time. This is from the Washington Times by Rowan Scarborough from uh, May of 2019. Papadopoulos, Mueller report shows I was clearly set up over gossip over Clinton's email. Down in the piece is this little nugget about the Mueller report. Papadopoulos said the Mueller report has the date wrong for this history-making meeting. It was May 10th, not May 6th, as in the report. Okay, let me translate that for you a minute. What starts this whole entire investigation into the Trump team is this Papadopoulos, according to Mueller, it's a fake story, but play with it for a minute. George Papadopoulos on May 10th, not May 6th, meets with Alexander Downer in London. Papadopoulos is a member of the Trump foreign policy team. Forgive me for going over this a million times, but for some who you know don't have time, Papadopoulos meets with an Australian diplomat in London. Papadopoulos is working with Trump. The Mueller team alleges that Downer then, uh, Papadopoulos tells Downer, hey, the Russians have some information, dirt on Hillary. That's the allegation. Suggesting that this member of the Trump team, Papadopoulos, knew something that the Russians knew. Hence the collusion narrative. You get it? But that meeting was on May 10th. Why does the Mueller report say it happened on May 6th? You may say that's a typo, but you know, it's interesting. I'm looking at my computer and I'll, I'll go to my phone right here just for the liberals who really aren't that bright. And six actually splits the difference on the computer between one and zero. So how that would be a typo, I'm not sure. The meeting happened on May 10th. That's not in dispute. But the Mueller report indicates it happened on, again, May 6th. He had, the typo was at May 19th. The nine is next to the zero. How did they get the sixth? Is this another one of those Bob Mueller, look, squirrel moments? Is Bob Mueller trying to distract you and gullible media idiots from this text that came out the very next day, May 11th, the very next day after the Papadopoulos meeting? These are the two FBI agents, so well, one agent, one lawyer who are having an affair, texting each other, and they're saying, Deputy Director, talking about McCabe, is calling the State Department now. Ooh, I want to hear about it. You already talked to Redacted? That's the next day. Why is this a problem, folks? Well, if you believe Bob Mueller's story, 
that the Papadopoulos meeting happened on May 6th. When it didn't, it happened on May 10th. That text isn't a problem at all. Ah, it happened a week later. We don't know what that was about, that whole State Department thing. But if it happened the next day, after the Papadopoulos meeting, we know happened on May 10th, not May 6th, as according to Mueller, that text is awfully suspicious, isn't it? Dan, why is it suspicious? Because the FBI is telling us that they didn't get that information about the meeting with Papadopoulos until the late summer. Huh? Then what the hell was Andy McCabe talking to the State Department now that Peter Stroke and Lisa Page were so interested in the next day? The State Department, who would have gotten information about the Papadopoulos-Downer meeting because Downer was a diplomat with Australia. What were they talking about? Is this another one of those Mueller curveballs he throws in the report so that you won't connect the May 10 Papadopoulos meeting with the May 11th text by changing the date? Because remember, the FBI says, we didn't hear about it. We didn't hear about that until July, that Downer meeting. Are they lying again? Can't be. I used to give them a little bit of a pass. I don't do that anymore. All right. Um, one last thing today. So uh, another fake whistleblower has emerged. This is not, uh, he's a real whistleblower, but the charges again are are just ridiculous. You saw Dr. Rick Bright. I don't know Dr. Bright. It's not personal. I have no idea what this guy stands for or doesn't stand for. But don't you find it kind of odd? Dr. Bright, who worked at HHS, went up yesterday as a whistleblower, another one. They just, you know, they they keep pumping them out, these whistleblowers mm-hmm. who seem to be blowing the whistle on absolutely nothing. And Joe, conveniently, you'll see this yeah. article in Breitbart by the great Joel Pollack. It's up in the show notes. The Democrats declined to put whistleblower Dr. Rick Bright under oath. Gee, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you put him under oath? Make him tell the truth? I mean, it sounds kind of obvious. Not the Democrats. Maybe you're a little suspect of Dr. Bright, whose claims yesterday are along the lines of, I was at HHS, Donald Trump dropped the ball on this thing, I was all over it from the start, and I warned them, this hydroxychloroquine thing, I tell you, I warned them about getting too knee-deep in the hydroxychloroquine thing, I I warned them about this whole thing, you did? That's interesting, because here's an FDA letter, hat tip Gerald Beer, of written to Dr. Bright from Dr. Bright. Remember, Dr. Bright, I was telling him not to get too knee deep in this hydroxychloroquine thing. I warned him. That's funny because they're responding to you in a letter where they say this letter is in response to your request. This letter is in response to your request. A third time for liberals. Dr. Bright, this letter is in response to your request that the FDA issue an emergency use authorization for emergency use of oral formulations of chloroquine phosphate? and hydroxychloroquine sulfate for the treatment of coronavirus. Wow. Mm. Seems to contradict Dr. Bright's statements. Yes, sir, I was blowing, I warned them a bit. You did. Appears from the FDA letter that you were the one who sponsored the chloroquine initiative. Letter's not fake. Don't put them under oath. Another, again, whistleblower. By the way, everything he's suggesting yesterday, he said to the Trump team that he claims were ignored. I was at the tip of the spear on this coronavirus. was already happening. Now you see why the media is making, they, they tried to highlight it for a day when they realized it got no traction. This guy will be yesterday's news tomorrow. All right. One last segment. Uh, I got a friend in the business who's a really great guy who um, has been there for me for a while. And uh, he has a new book out. This is not a paid advertisement. I'm doing this because I really like the book. I think it's terrific. Um, And I think the guy who wrote it's terrific. And I think we should support people that are in the cause with us. Uh, This is my friend, Pete Hegseth. This is his new book, American Crusade. He was kind enough to uh, sign it for me. Uh, It's a really wonderful book. Uh, If you're looking for an expose, a big global picture of what the left is up to, do their ridiculous use of identity politics. I think it was a chapter seven. One of my favorites. Yeah, seven was uh, socialism. It's chapter on socialism and how the left's machinations, how they're using to crush freedom, liberty, the free market. Uh, It's really eye opening. It's a terrific book. It's very well written. I mean, the chapters, you go down a laundry list of, of junk, leftism, globalism, genderism, socialism, secularism, environmentalism. It's a laundry list of stuff the left is trying to shove down our throat and how we should respond. It's a really great book, again, by my good friend, Pete Hegseth. Go pick it up today. 
American Crusade, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, be out in bookstores. Please check it out. American Crusade by Pete Hegseth. Definitely worth your time. Good man, good friend, good book. Hey, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please, um, I know I ask you often, but if you don't mind sharing today's show to get the message out, believe me, it isn't about money or ad sales or anything. It really is about evangelizing the cause and helping Mike Flynn. This man is a political prisoner. There's no doubt about it anymore. Please share the show. You can share it on YouTube. There's a link. Uh, you can share it on Apple Podcasts. You can share it from Bongino.com. Thank you. And thank you to Stephen McIntyre and all the internet researchers out there who did the real journalism while the media abandoned us during this crisis of the Republic. I'll see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.